Running with Jake, the quick hit. Hi, this is Jake from Running with Jake, the podcast. Full episodes are released every Wednesday, but this is the quick hit, which is audio taken from one of the live videos on my social channels. This one is from the Instagram lives that I do every Friday with ex-GB athlete, fellow coach, and my friend, Joe Wilkinson. To follow us both on Instagram, just search for Running with Jake and Running Joe 10K. Let's get into it. Virtual racing, it's a thing. I mean, before 2020, did we even know about it? Was it even a thing? I, I don't really know, to be honest, and probably that's a debate for another time, but it is here, and it might well be here to stay. Hopefully, we'll have some real races as well. But the key question, blah, 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 blah. the key question is, what do we think about virtual racing? Jake? You're asking me? You want me to go first? What do I think? <laughs> Just, it's really funny, isn't it? Because you know my answer to this. We've spoken about this. I So personally, I'm not a, a huge, huge fan of virtual racing like myself. It's not something that I, I particularly excites me. However, I definitely think there is a place for it, no doubt. And, and you know, the more I think about it, the only sort of virtual race, I suppose the virtual type, types of race that do appeal to me are kind of the more intimate ones. So, for example, if I was doing one with my runners and it was like a 5K or a 10K and it was kind of everybody you know and there's just, you know, a few of you going out there doing it on the same day or the same weekend, I think that really appeals. You know, I think there's really good kind of connection there and it's an opportunity to get out and commit to some training. So I love that. I can see how if you are a member of a running club and obviously you're really missing your run club buddies and that connection on a Tuesday evening or a Thursday evening or whenever you meet, that could be really, really hard, especially as kind of exercise restrictions seem to be getting a little bit tighter. So I think there is definitely a place for virtual racing. And I think if you haven't tried it, do it. You know, should, I suppose really, Joe, should it be called virtual racing? Because... Is it racing? I'm with you on this. So I'm going to show my age here, target audience, but almost virtual to racing to me um, is almost like daily, uh, daily Thompson's decathlon in computers when I was 12 years old. <laughs> I mean, really, uh, so embarrassing. However, or something that's not real. Actually, yeah, it is a bit of an odd title because it is you're still going out and physically running. Um, I'm a bit with Stephen who just commented to say... Yeah, I, I've actually moved. I kind of, I, I'm embracing it a bit more than I was, but nothing for me will ever replace real races. Um, however, I, I'm coming around to seeing the benefits and the attractions and in the world that we're in, yeah, you know, it, I, I think it can bring something to your running and it can bring something to your training. And what you said about the, intim, you know, the intimacy of, of a small event, do you know when I really thought I really moved around on it was the London Marathon, which I had been, oh, do you know what, why would anybody want to run a marathon on their own? <laughs> you know, what is the point of that? But I actually ended up running with one of the runners I coach. But it, it was actually a really shared experience. You know, it, it felt like me and all these thousands of other people are all doing this together. So I, I did feel that kind of being part of something which which was nice in the absence of the actual race which would be a million times better it was okay i mean it's on, <laughs> it's on a completely different scale isn't it but i ran with my girlfriend martina we weren't doing the london marathon but we ran on the same day and we did see a few people we live in a sleepy little village here but we did see a few people with the the london marathon tops on and their support crew and it was awesome it gave me goosebumps and and also spectators i say spectators but people that were in their car pipping the horn and waving and all that stuff you know so it, yes it's a million miles away from the the real event of course and blasting down pow mouth but i i definitely think there is a there is a place for virtual racing but the reason i sort of i suppose question the title of it a little bit 
is because for some people it might be more virtual training than virtual racing you know you can use that however you want to use it if you are somebody that is really focused on competition and competing against others so you're the type of person that you do a race and straight away you're desperate for the results to come out not just because of the time the finish time but the position where you finished in the field and you might care about where you how you fared against strangers effectively but if you're not somebody that cares about that i think it's important to have that in your mind when you do these virtual races or, or virtual events and you get out of it what you want and i guess kind of the takeaway from that and the reason i'm saying this is what i would hate is for people to beat themselves up after they've been out there on a sunday morning on their own because psychologically it's very hard to do a race <laughs> on your own like a time trial and then beat yourself up because you didn't achieve what you wanted to so a bit of bit of mind management i think joe yeah definitely and and you know we, we said about that that I, I think there's two sides to this one it does provide a lot of motivation but it also takes a lot of motivation to push yourself really hard when it's just you on a road in the middle of nowhere with nobody around so i think that that it can both motivate but it can be really challenging as well and in, in terms of what it brings you in motivation um but to me you know, we, we've talked about other things such as treadmill running not being the same as, as running on the road. And I see virtual racing like this. It's, it is not the same thing as running a race. But actually, I think it's a thing in its own right that, that increasingly you, I, can see, I can see benefits to. Um, you know my biggest thing, pacing. You know, and I think learning how to pace yourself effectively without having the fallback of the other people that you that are in the race can be a really important way to develop the skill but that comes back a bit to what you were saying i think doesn't it around this is this is not um uh you know it, it's not the same kind of thing and and you know you've got to get your goals from it. it might not be what your goals would be in a real race so your goals for this might be can i run as even a pace as i can for this 5k because you're not competing against other people directly, you're competing against yourself. I think, would that be fair? Yeah, I, th I think that, no, exactly that. I mean, you, you get out of it what you want or you target what you want to target. Whether or not you achieve that is, is you know, is it, the outcome will determine that. But I think because of the psychological involvement and, and really strength that you need to go and race on your own if you are treating it as a race, I think it's even more important to, to almost view them as separate things you know you talk about a real traditional event where you're surrounded by people and it's part of the buzz and virtual a virtual race a virtual event treat them as separate things there's probably a place for both i mean this is what we're talking about here and virtual racing may stay long beyond covid and and why not because if it gives people another opportunity as well as we you know we want to be shoulder 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 to shoulder with people in a, in a starting pen now but if it gives people another, another opportunity to get out there bank some miles get motivated I, i'm all for that but manage expectations because i think if you are targeting a time i think yeah it's really important to say to yourself well i did really well based on the fact there was nobody else it was just me yes based on the fact <laughs> i'm running from the front door to to stay safe and I, i'm not getting in the car and driving two hours to somewhere that i know is a much faster course i'm running from my front door and it's really hilly but you know what that's just the the, the state of the world at the moment i'm going to do that but look how well i did based on the things i had to deal with yeah. So what's interesting, again, so, uh, Stevens has commented about the adrenaline of race day. How can you recreate the adrenaline of race day to establish a race pace? And I, I think there's kind of two sides to that. Um, I think you can get, I think the element of the competition around it 
should make you feel a little bit nervous if you want to, you know, you are testing yourself. So therefore that should create a little bit of nerves when you're actually putting yourself on the line. And, you know, you're trying to push yourself. But my other side of it, I, I have often said, and you know, I love to name drop with my famous friends, but um, Paula Radcliffe in some of her races won them from the start to the finish. Now, albeit there were people behind you and people behind you, even if they may be some way behind you, can motivate you. But she had to pace herself and lead that race. So, yeah, you know, there's issues around it's not the same as a race. You won't quite get the same adrenaline. But if you're going to win a race and you're going to win it from the start, which is, let's face it, a pretty impressive way to win it, then you've got to be able to push yourself with nobody else around and push your own pace. What do you think about that? I think you're I think you're dead right. Do you know what? I was straight away as you were saying that I was thinking it's not so many other sports and activities are like that. You know, Formula One racing, I, I, I love motorsport. And if, you know, it's classic, if somebody leads from pole position, they're being chased, you know, they're the hunted. They, they've got nobody really in front of them, you know. And, and I know it's a different thing in terms of pacing to a degree and all that sort of stuff, but I, I'm totally with you there. And you can kind of create, you know, I, I love trying to get clever with training and how I coach people, my own training and creative with sessions and stuff. And if you get creative with how you build up a sense of importance. So if you're creating this kind of, you can do your own virtual race, can't you? You know, we, we touched on earlier, maybe an, an inter, intimate kind of race where there's not that many people. Maybe it's your club buddies, maybe it's your friends, maybe it's whatever, whoever. But if you've got kind of a WhatsApp group or you've got a Facebook group going on or you're just in contact with each other, you can kind of put it out there what you're looking at achieving. And that gives you that little bit of pressure that you mentioned. So you know it's got that sense of importance. It's like, well, actually, I, I kind of need to pull my socks up, put my big boy pants on. I've got to go for it on that Sunday morning if that's what you choose to do and if that's what you want, which I think is important. Yeah. Definitely. I think because that's one, that's the difference in virtual racing. It's just one of the things you said there that my course is not the same as your course. So, you know, there's a lot of the, the organisers now are saying there's parameters, you know, your course needs to have a, a certain degree of elevation drop, a, you know, a minimum. So you can't basically run downhill for however long. Um, and if you fit with those, you know, and, and to be honest, effective races that are, are certified for the purposes of, of records have those regulations as well. They can't be downhill courses and they must start and finish within a certain distance of each other so that you can't get advantage of tailwinds and headwinds. So that's the thing about virtual racing that's interesting when in the comparative sense is we're not quite, I think you also have to remember you're not comparing like with like, are you? Because I don't know where you live now, but where I live is a little bit undulating and, and I know myself that one if I run in one route it's going to be quite up and down but I'm going to finish downhill which is quite nice and if I run in another route I'm going to be finishing with a bit of an uphill and so things like that do affect your pace don't they and do affect you know how you're going to run it and the time that you might end up with and it you know it might be really windy and horrible here and it might be bright sunshine where you are so i think you know you have to sort of bear in mind don't you it's that expectation thing that you're not quite comparing like with like yeah i, I want to pick up on something you said there about the, the course effectively com comparing like for like but simon's just mentioned here regarding leading a race the fear of being chased and hunted down gives, gives you the adrenaline that gives me goosebumps like and, and it makes me quite <laughs> quite nervous actually but it depends doesn't it i think on personality as well how you respond to pressure some people like that you know, catch me if you can type kind of thought process and, you know, lead from the front, set off hard and, and crack on. So I think it does depend a little bit on, on on what you respond well to and if you crumble under pressure. But in terms of course, Joe, so 
you're dead right. If you live in a hilly area, you've got to factor in that you live in a hilly area because that's just how it is and that you're running from your front door. But if you potentially, what you could do is you could potentially revisit this virtual event. You know, like we've said, it's a time trial effectively. You could do it again and then you could aim at a a course record, you know, which is sometimes (laughs) what what people do or a course PB, if you like, when they're doing a hilly race and they know they're never going to get a PB in a 10K because it's really hilly, but actually I did it last year and, and can I improve on last year's time that I achieved on the same course? And and kind of leading on, if I can, Joe, just from... Or did you want to mention something on that before I move on from this? No, I was just going to say, I think it's very, very akin to park run. You know, every single park run is a different course. We, we've got flat road ones, we've got hilly ones, we've got ones on beaches you know you have a time for that course and everybody knows that you can't necessarily compare parkrun here to parkrun there but it's a you know you can compare within that course and you've got a broad idea and i think that's how we should treat virtual running that you know it has a validity in its own right but we're not comparing everyone's like with like but like you say that was a you know that's the really good thing if it's your personal challenge and your course then you can compare like with like can't you because you're doing the same course over and over again and seeing hopefully there's some progress and improvement. So comparison within certain different parameters, I think is the key, isn't it? Yeah, and it is kind of, there is some similarity between virtual racing and and true events in the sense that you can still compare where you finished in the field. If it's a virtual event where it's organized and you can see it's disclosed where people finished, or if it's this intimate one I'm talking about where it's friends and buddies, so you can all, you know where you finish, but the only thing that kind of throws that out is the whole course thing that you have to kind of factor in. <laughs> I mean, you can potentially, and, and we, we know as coaches, we agree eye to eye on kind of algorithms and formulas and how you have to take some, take some of them with a little bit of a pinch of salt. But you can always look at the likes of Strava, which gives you the gap, you know, the grade adjusted pace. So if this was ran on a flat course, this is the pace that we think you would have achieved. It's, it's a loose guide, but actually if everybody's using that loose guide, it's kind of the same say measurement so it kind of gives you a broad overview of of where you finished so my only thing is the inaccuracies of gps (laughs) and you know you know the same as i do and everybody else does that one day your five mile course might finish by this lamppost and next day it might finish by that one and that's really annoying so that's my that is my actually saying about algorithms and data that's my only thing about virtual racing that really annoys me because it annoys me every day with Garmin when it decides that a course for no apparent reason is a completely different length to what it was yesterday um so you know yeah I, I think <laughs> and I did I was going to say before Christmas we uh, our club Bevelin County does the Christmas handicap it's the highlight of the year for m- me and my son for years and years we've done it and we had to do it virtually this year and he was really annoyed because his watch uh, which was uh, uh, it's a Huawei watch, something like that. And I had Garmin and his watch took him further down the road. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> but he physically, because obviously he had to register the time on the watch or the distance rather on the watch. He had to finish, you know, four lampposts down. Brilliant. Gosh, I, I can relate to that. Of the two of us, Martina, my girlfriend, she's the one that always has to round up. She's the one that we finish the run and then she, I'm sort of stretching out outside and she has to disappear down the road and do loops around car parks and streets to clock up the mileage the the jeep i suppose the only thing that kind of to counter that a little bit that balances it out slightly and i've completely take on board your point there is obviously in a race day unless you are able and you're conscious of sticking to the racing line and taking the shortest course 
shortest route through that course there's always going to be some kind of differences i guess in terms of the true distance that somebody's running and especially if you run some races that i've certainly done in the past and I'm, there's probably people watching this that have done the same marathon well, i won't mention it where they measured the course a little bit short yeah, I was going to say, obviously, in a real certified race, you can always rely on it. And then, of course, I remember back to some yeah. of the big race scandals. Interestingly, again, I've been fortunate enough to run London off the Elite Star. And London, there is actually a blue line painted on the road, which is the line that's measured. And here's a little thing. When you come around the final bend onto the mile, if you're going to do the official race course and you're all told in the pre-race brief, you must follow the line of cones, cones, otherwise the race is short. So you have to come around the corner and there's a guy that stands there every year and directs all the elite athletes around the centre line and down the centre of the um, mile, which also looks good for television, but that's the official race line. And then once the masses start to come in, somebody obviously has to run out and pick up all the oh, cones. I see, I see. Um, but there's a blue line painted, but obviously for most people you can't see the blue line and there might be a bit of jostling to get on it. But when you're on the open road and it's just you, you know exactly, stick to the blue line, stick to the blue line. And occasionally I've seen like some of the, um, like uh, you know, I remember one Kenny woman and I was thinking, what are you doing running over there? The blue line is here. Oh, <laughs> But anyway, that's it. But you, you, know. <laughs> you don't, I mean, bottom line is you don't want to run a, a step further, do you? A centimetre no. further when you're running that sort of distance and, and giving it maximum effort. But the thing I wanted to pick up on earlier in this chat is safety. Because we're talking about, yes. you know, focusing a lot on pushing ourselves and, and people are. I'd be interested to know if, if Mickey Brain here doing his first virtual race early in Feb. Looking forward to it. That's good to hear, man. Let me know. Uh, let us know which race that is, which, which sort of distance you're looking at doing. Uh, I'd be intrigued. But if you're looking at pushing in that, safety's paramount, Joe. I mean, you know, yes. th this is they're all open road, right? You're not going to suddenly close all the roads. OK, maybe life is a little quieter at the moment, given the situation, lockdown and whatnot. But you go zipping across a junction because you're on you're on pace and you're on time trial and you're on you know if if you're doing a 5k kind of time trial virtual race there's a chance that you could find a short enough course where maybe there is no traffic you don't have to cross roads but if you're starting to do these longer distances like the, the london marathon that you did how are you going to do that you know most of us are going to be at junctions yeah. and roads and yeah. stuff and what's your view on the whole watch pausing thing joe if if, if they allow that what <laughs> Where do we oh sit? Oh my goodness! I think we need. I think we need to start a whole, have a whole separate chat on whether or not one should stop one's watch when running. Um, so, I think in this kind of virtual racing, absolutely no. The gun goes. That's it. If you have to stop for whatever reason, that's tough. Um, however, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm. But on a regular one, I, I'm much more relaxed about it. Uh, but like I say, I think we should chat about that another time. Whether you're a watch stopper or a watch goer. Um, however, yeah. So I all summer did a virtual park run with my son every week and there's this terribly dangerous crossroads. Um, and I'd love to say I set a good example of crossing those crossroads, but I think sometimes the competitiveness got the best of me. Uh, yeah, just, you've got to, and I, when I go out with runners, I suddenly become more like quite parental and say, traffic's free, you, you know, you can cross the road now <laughs> because I think we get in the zone and you don't look. You have to look. I've got a group of runners doing a, a half marathon in London next week. I mean, London, you know, I'm okay. I know the traffic's slightly better than it might be normally, but I have said to them all, please, please, please look before you cross the road. You just get in a zone and it's not a shut road, as you say, you know, just look for it. It's the advantage though, sorry, the advantage is 
you don't have to run a set course. So if you can't cross the road, just carry on running down the road until you can cross it because it doesn't really matter where you go, what your route looks like, as long as it comes in at the right distance on the GPS when you want to stop. Exactly. That's the important thing. Now, safety is so paramount. And, you know, you're talking about getting a bit parental. I, I can completely relate to that. I, I'm like that with Martina. If I run with people, uh, sometimes when we meet up in, in, um, in the East Midlands with my runners when we're allowed to, just... I'm very conscious of, of, you know, road crossing because like you say, people get in the zone, it, they're potentially chatting as well if it's a kind of a you know regular training run I'm talking here. But also bikes, you know, cycles. They're like silent killers, man. Oh, I yes. mean, you don't even know they're coming. <laughs> they are. Oh, don't start a row with cyclists. No, I'm not. I'm not. I own a bike. I own a bike. I own a road bike. But, you know, they, they it's not their fault, of course, but if you jump out on the road because you think, well, I can't hear a car, well, you might not be able to, but there might be yeah. a bike coming. So I know it's like kind of teaching to suck eggs here, but I think it's really important to stress the importance yeah, of safety. It. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. So Mickey's doing his 10K um, in a couple of weeks' with time. You. So let's end with some practical tips. Let's let's have a practical tip each. Go, practical tip okay. for someone doing a virtual race. What, do you, what would you okay, say? Okay, so uh, I'll keep this fairly short. I would suggest it's a great opportunity to practice your race day strategy when it comes down to a real event, if we can call it that. So a traditional event where we're surrounded by people. That could be nutrition, that could be clothing, that could be hydration. Pacing, obviously, is a big thing. Joe, that's big for you. Um, my crossroad countdown technique, which some of you may be familiar with, which I'll explain really simply in this video, all that simply means is you pick a starting point, so home in this case, you run out in one direction, and it's an out and back route, so you run out, turn around, run back to the starting point, you're at home. Then you pick another direction, you go again, turn around, come back, another direction. You pick as many directions as you can, so probably you know two between two and four typically is what you would do. But the advantage there is you you're running short mileage, so it's you know you're not running 26 miles if it's a marathon, for example, or in Mickey's case, it's not 10k because you're just running. 2k out 2k back that's four and you might pick another direction but you can leave nutrition hydration you know for a 10k you probably just you know maybe just want a sip of water or something but you're not having to carry it and i think that could be yeah. really helpful because on race day i know i do see people with bladders and hydration packs and stuff but if you really want to go for it i'm like why just use the aid stations i think so it's a nice opportunity for you to be able to practice that ready for when racers do get the go-ahead that's good. So my tip is set a time to go because you still set a time, even though you can go at any time. And I said to you, I hate having to get up at 5am and eat breakfast really early so that I'm nicely fueled for the race. You don't have to do that. You can go whenever you like. So if you're a morning runner or an evening runner, you can set your race time to suit you, brilliant benefit, but make sure you set a time because then you can work back to what you said about the pre-race nutrition, making sure I've had my breakfast so many hours before. Um, and my last one is- Toilet. Toilet, you can go to toilet. the toilet. You can go to the toilet. <laughs> Sometimes, if I do it- But make sure you do remember to go to the toilet because almost in a race, you're like, must go to the toilet. But I think sometimes when you settle from home, you forget that you're supposed to go. So. Go to the toilet. You've been told. Joe has spoken. She's told you all. You should have gone before we left. You know the score, just like mum used to tell me. That's you it. Jake, because Jake, you if gone. you stop to go halfway round, it's still on your time. Don't pause your watch. Don't pause your watch. That's a massive advantage, isn't it? And if you're doing a bit of a warm-up and all that stuff, no. Love it. Love it. Love it. Virtual racing. Yeah, I'm can, up for it. You warm up. That's it. I think we have said that, you know, it's different 
from real racing, but actually on its own, if you take it as a separate thing, it's got quite a few merits. You can be motivated, you can achieve something, you can practice nutrition, race plans, um, you can test yourself. So yeah, for now, for the time being, let's go with it. So 5K next week? Me? Well, I'd love to. <laughs> I've got, do you know what? I've got, I've set an alarm. I've got five minutes and then even if we're still live, I'm off because my alarm's going to go and I've got to ice my calves. That's what I've got to do. Okay. Got to In do which it. case, I'd, I'd better let you go and ice your better calves and look after them. Thank you ever so much for tuning in, everybody. If you've got anything you think you might want to hear us chat about, just drop me or Jake a message. You know, we're really keen to get some ideas and uh, we'll take it from there. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a really good weekend. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Joe. Stay safe. Bye. That was Running With Jake, The Quick Hit. Hear the brand new full-length podcast every Wednesday or catch up now by searching Running With Jake, The Podcast.